plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, August 15th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, we got a few bullet points to get to, including the possibility of Jay Cutler's Miami Dolphins debut, and later, I'll discuss the state of the Dolphins training camp. Is it too physical or just right? But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. All right. Before we get into the meat of the episode, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review. You know, that's how I'm judged by my employer, so it really, really helps me out, and I really, really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Miami Heat podcast for national, national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Check out my personal website, evaluating all the quarterbacks of the NFL as well as college football, 3rdand10.com, where there is currently a piece recapping the week one action around the NFL preseason landscape, including all the quarterback battles going on across the NFL. But you're not here for NFL coverage. You're here for coverage on your Miami Dolphins here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And let's get into this right now. So the big news of the day is it came down from the beat writers on Twitter and everywhere else you can find them. The potential or the possibility of Jay Cutler starting Thursday's game against the Baltimore Ravens at 7 o'clock Eastern at Hard Rock Stadium. Going up against the Ravens and John Harbaugh without Joe Flacco and Ryan Mallett will be starting in that game. But it appears the Dolphins have their starting quarterback ready to go for that game. It sounds like they want to get him started. They want to get him into game two and three to get him more familiar with the Dolphins receivers. Obviously, there's some familiarity there with the system with Adam Gaze. It's kind of why he came out of retirement. He mentioned this was a very unique circumstance and the reason he came out of retirement. But he still has to generate a bit of rapport and chemistry with the receivers. You know, they haven't really seen many passes come off of his hand. He's only had a handful of practices so far. You'd like to see him get into game speed and get that get that ironed out as quickly as possible before the season opener on September the 10th against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
but we still have a few games to get to before that and some more practices. And speaking of those practices, one of the topics that really kind of got some heat today and it has over the first couple of weeks of camp as a couple of Dolphins running backs have been knocked out of practice with uh, head injuries, I guess, if you will. I mean, we know about Jay Ajayi and his concussion that has kept him out for the past couple of weeks or up until recently anyway, he was out. But Kenyon Drake got knocked out today. He got popped by Torrey McTire, a lower level cornerback on this roster, trying to make a name for himself, trying to get himself on tape as a contributing type of player and a guy that the Dolphins are going to want to keep or at least you know, spread the word that he he will bring it in practice every day as well as the games. But he knocked out Kenyon Drake in a contact drill, and it begs the question, is the Dolphins' camp too physical? Is it too... Is there too much hitting by nature, encouraged by the coaches and and, and, and reverberating through the defense's minds and, and the way they play the game and practice? Now, you can't bubble wrap these guys all, all season. I mean, we already have Mike Pouncey has, has been in bubble wrap all, all training camp. Julius Thomas is the type of guy that's probably going to have to get similar treatment. But your running backs have to be ready for contact, and your defenders have to practice tackling. You can't just show up to a game without tackling and expect to do well on Sundays. And the Dolphins, as we all know, tackling has been a huge issue for this team for a number of years with the poor linebackers and just tackling on the edges. I mean, look at the the playoff game last year in Pittsburgh where Antonio Brown slipped about 14 tackles on two separate plays. That's an exaggeration, but it drives home the point that the Steelers scored 14 points before the Dolphins could blink an eye. And that was because of poor tackling, mainly on the edges and in the middle of the defense at the safeties. So the secondary needs work on that. These are the guys that are knocking out these running backs, TJ McDonald, now Torrey McTire. So I'm glad to see them tackling. We saw Rashad Jones in the game on Thursday tackling very well. That's what we know he does best is a sound tackler and a big hitter. But the Dolphins as a whole only had a few missed tackles that I counted. I, I could keep them on one hand, honestly, probably less than five missed tackles they had in that game, which is a really good nod to the defense and the staff and the job they've done so far and getting these guys ready to play for Sundays, getting these guys ready to play on Sundays because without that physical presence in practice, it won't translate to Sundays and in the games. So I encourage it. I am a fan of it. I think it should continue. And maybe maybe you do more of it on the backup running backs, you know, the Sonoris Perry, the Storm Johnsons, the Devion Smiths of the world and lay off the guys that are going to be getting Sunday reps. But nonetheless, good to see them playing hard. And I, I know that there'll be a lot of detractors for that as well getting these guys injured, but I, I'd rather see them hitting on practice and hitting on game days than missing tackles and keeping guys healthy. So good on the Dolphins for doing that, in my opinion. Let's move on here and move to another training camp note, and that is the left guard position that it seems to be a little more open now as Isaac Asiata, rookie from Utah, fifth-round pick, getting first-team reps today, as reported by Adam Beasley, Armando Salguero, and the lot of the Miami Dolphins beat writers covering this team at practice down in Davie, Florida. But Asiata gets a chance after really getting kind of the backup treatment or the or the doghouse role, if you will, in preseason week one. He didn't come into the game till very late and had a few good reps there. But another injury to another Dolphins offensive lineman gives Asiata some first team work as Craig Urbic left the left practice with an injury on Monday, according to Adam Beasley, Armando Salguero, and a lot of Dolphins beat writers. So the Dolphins, a position that was already a weakness, it, it, they're down another body at the guard position and Craig Urbic or guard slash slash center probably going to play a little more guard with Ted Larson going down, but he's out now and it's not really sh- uh, certain what, what the, the severity of that injury is. So Isaac Asiata has a great opportunity here to seize the left guard job. And really that's the one position on the offensive line that remains open at this point. We know that Bushrod's going to be the right guard. We'll see how long Mike Pouncey can last at center. And that's probably where Craig Urbic has to get healthy to come back in a backup role, assuming that Asiata assumes 
or capitalizes on the left guard opening that he's got here in front of him now. So you hope to see him doing that. Would be nice to see the Dolphins get a mauler and and someone that's capable of blowing up some plays uh, from that left guard position with the running with the inside zone that the Dolphins would like to run, but can't really run due to personnel. So Asiata potentially could start the game on Thursday, and that's something to look out for along the offensive linemen. And now we move on to another position of blockers that has me a little bit concerned. And, you know, their their job description is blocking as well as receiving, but the tight ends, and I, I mentioned this on Twitter today and, and something that concerns me, and I, the first play of the game where, where Julius Thomas peels back across the formation for a seal block, a backside seal block, he whiffs, and it's it's pretty embarrassing to watch. And it just reminded me of Jordan Cameron from the last couple of years with this team, and, and specifically last year in the beginning of the year when he was whiffing on some blocks and dropping some passes, and it just made me wonder what Adam Gaze really sees there. I know that he has familiarity with Julius Thomas, He's had success with him in Denver in those three-by-one sets where Thomas takes advantage of the weak side of the formation and, and taking advantage of those matchups he has over there. But if you can't block in this in this system, you really can't be on the field, especially when you want to run a scheme that is kind of varying in terms of play pass and, and the running game as well. So if you can't block, you can't be on the field because when you have a player like Julius Thomas that can't block, the defense is going to know what type of play you're going to run. So how can you really function with that type of player on the field? I, I just assume it'll be interesting to see what happens with the tight end position. I mean, right now you have Anthony Fasano and Marquise Gray, kind of similar players in the sense that they're more of H-back style, or I guess Fasano's more in line, but, but Gray can give you kind of an H-back style type of blocker. So if those guys are the one and two, when Julius Thomas is going to get hurt eventually, it happens every year, right? So whether he gets injured or if he just doesn't, earn a starting job at this point which for me he hasn't I mean we haven't heard much about him in camp the preseason game was pretty lackluster even though it's just one or two series that he played out there but if if he is relegated to a lower role it makes me wonder what Thomas 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 Duarte's spot on this roster could be or his role on this team could be as he could become that potential seam busting type of tight end that's more lean and can get up the field a little bit quicker than Fasano or Gray can so check keep an eye on the tight ends on Thursday and in week three as well because it could be interesting to see what they do you know, obviously we had Jordan Cameron for the first first few weeks of last season, then he got hurt, and then they really went to Dominic Jones, Marquise Gray, and some other guys to help chip in and, and, and contribute to that position. So something to keep an eye on there. Moving over to the other side of the ball, our last bullet point here, and it's also another end position, if you will, the defensive ends, and something I wanted to focus on in regards to snap counts, the rotation, and what you can expect to see from that side of the ball with newcomers like Charles Harris and Will Hayes. I've talked a lot about Will Hayes and his performance in the in the game on Thursday against the Falcons, how much I love him, how much I loved him in, in Los Angeles slash St. Louis with the Rams, and what Charles Harris can do in terms of contributing off of a position where he's not going to see you know the majority of the snap count. Now, we talked about Rayquan McMillan going out and how big of an impact that could have on this defense and how he only was going to see 35 to 40 snaps percent of the snaps roughly on game days just because of his position and how it comes off the field nickel packages but defensive ends are are really the same I wanted to read off to you guys the percentage of snap counts that we had defensive ends take last year and I mean it's not really something new to the NFL but it it does kind of surprise some people with the I guess are more just general fans that assume you run with four defensive linemen that play the entire game. That's not the case in the NFL. It hasn't been for a while. So if you look at last year's highest snap count taker was Andre Branch 
he ran with the with the defense on 67% of the plays. So if you have a three-down series, Andre Branch is out there for two out of those three. Cam Wake, and this number I think will go up for Wake this year, even though the age is there, but he didn't start many. He didn't start in the beginning of the season last year, and the Dolphins were behind so much that he didn't really play much. But he was only on the field for 51% of the 2016 defensive snaps. And then the next highest was Jason Jones, a guy that got cut before the playoff game. He was out there for 44%. Mario Williams, the uh, the famous bust for the Dolphins, 39%, and then Terrence Fidea was 15%. And then you have some other guys that had lower percentages that were kind of in, in varying looks, like Nick Williams or Julius Wormsley, for instance, like 1%, 2% here and there, just based on like three-man down alignment. So, you know, those were no were guys that really weren't supposed to be there. But the, the big numbers, Branch, 67%, Wake, 51%, Jones, 44%, Williams, 39 and Fidea, 15 So... If you're going to look at this year's roster, I think you'll probably see something similar in regards to the snap counts again. I mentioned Cam Wake could go up, could go down. I, I, you know, second guessing that, he probably stays right around 50%. But between Andre Branch, Cam Wake, Charles Harris, William Hayes, and Terrence Fidei, probably going to be your top five defensive ends, the ones that get on the field a decent amount with Fidei being the, you know, much less than the other guys. But the four guys you're going to see out there the most, I think you're probably going to see Cam Wake about 50 to 60% of the snaps again, and Will Hayes right in that same figure just because of those guys contrasting styles and contrasting skill set. You'll probably see them split about a 50-50 workload. So 50 to 60, 40 to 50 in that range for Wake and Hayes. And on the other side of the ball, probably Andre Branch for another 60 to 70%. I'd probably like to lean more towards 70 just so Charles Harris is coming off the bench in more of a fresh legs, pass rushing type of situation. You know, we're trying to close out the Patriots in a, in a hopeful victory over the Patriots where, you know, Tom Brady is trying to lead a comeback. You got to get pressure on Brady late in the game and bring in some fresh legs to do that. So you hope that Charles Harris can be that guy. So probably like a 70, a 30 split there, maybe 65 to 35 type of split. And then Terrence Fidei bringing in his typical 15% uh, snap counts on the defense. So something to keep an eye on there with those guys as well. It's going to be a deep rotation this year. Should be a lot better than last year. And I love the fresh legs that Charles Harris can give you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, just a light one for you. My next episode will be tomorrow, Wednesday, previewing the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Be sure to check out uh, the other host, the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast, Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a rating, a five star review, all that good stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and check out thirdand10.com. Back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst list.